Welcome to Nutrition Mission with Ansco Foods. My name is Cam Harper, and I'm your host for Season 1, Beef, Lamb and Iron Man, where we have been bringing you nutrition and good health from New Zealand's finest beef and lamb. Today, we will be talking to Bevan McKinnon, an extremely accomplished triathlon performance coach about recovery after an endurance event like Ironman, or any type of exercise for that matter. Bevan is an Ironman University certified coach, triathlon New Zealand level three accredited coach, bike NZ coach, a qualified net fit strength and conditioning coach, and runs a triathlon coaching business called Fitter. He has coached pro triathletes to multiple Ironman and 70.3 wins and been instrumental in helping a large number of age group triathletes achieve their dream of qualifying for Kona. He has also coached both Ansco Foods ambassadors Braden Curry and Hannah Berry and hosts a podcast called Fitter Radio for the last nine years with nutritionist Mickey Willardin. As an elite level triathlete, Bevan has won multiple races including the age group world championships in Kona, ITU long course and the 70.3 distance. Very impressive resume. Bevan, how are you going? I'm great, mate. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. Now, today we're talking recovery and from an endurance event like Ironman to really any type of high-impact exercise. And I know this is something you do spend a lot of time on with your athletes and, and through the work that you do. But let's go back to the basics, Bevan. Firstly, what happens to your body after an endurance event like Ironman? Well, the most obvious is the things that you can feel, which is muscular damage, so soft tissue damage. Uh, and that's the one that most athletes use as a barometer of exactly how uh, you know difficult the session or the, the race actually was. But there are another whole host of other systems that are involved in exercise uh, in terms of our energy stores, uh, our endocrine system, which controls the hormones that help us uh, exercise as such and, and actually do any uh, human uh, movement. And then there's also a neuromuscular component to fatigue as well as a cognitive uh, component as well. If you've done any particular event that's required motivation or concentration, then you get a, a bit of a brain fatigue that goes alongside that. So there's many different systems that are uh, affected when you go for a, a workout or you're entered into a race. So how long, I mean, this is a million-dollar question really, how long should it take to recover from an event like Ironman? Well, I think, again, most athletes uh, generally make the mistake of only using muscular soreness yeah. as a barometer for how uh, recovered they are. And when that actually dissipates, they sort of think to themselves that they're, they're ready to go again. But each of those systems that I mentioned before, they have different timelines in terms of recovery rates. Um, so they're not all recovering at the same speed. And in some respects, the hormonal system and the neuromuscular system, they actually come back online a lot slower than some of the, the musculoskeletal uh, patterns and the damage that's caused to those particular systems as well. So it is a, you know, um, the million dollar question as such, but uh, the biggest mistake I see athletes making is getting back into training too soon once the muscular soreness is dissipated. So if it's an Ironman race, for example, then I generally recommend for all my athletes, they won't see any training in their program or in training peaks for at least two to three days after the event. It, it's such a significant stress on the body that I um, advocate for complete rest. Uh, and then depending on how long they're out there, because some athletes can get these races done a lot quicker than others, uh, but 
depending on how long they're out there, uh, for the next, let's say, up to 10 days and even longer than that, 14 uh, to 21 days, I'm still introducing them back to exercise really cautiously. Uh, we've got to remember that something like an Ironman or even a 70.3 race is a significant stress on the body and uh, we need to take a significant approach to recovery to navigate, navigate our way back out of that so that we are ready to train again. Because if you look at somebody like, you know, Braden Curry, Hannah Berry, Mike Phillips, these sort of guys are at the pointy end of a race as professional athletes versus, you know, the people that are the back of the pack legends sort of going through in 16 and a half hours. It's a heck of a yep. void in intensity and actual ability to recover, isn't it? It is. And the reason that the professional athletes can uh, potentially entertain getting back into formal training a lot quicker than some of the amateur athletes that are out there for longer is their chronic training load is higher. So they, they are actually used to that level of stress because of the type of training that they're able to do. And that could be because they're in a position to train more, but equally so. It could be that they're just ge genetically predisposed to be great endurance athletes. So therefore, they may be going faster, they may be going at a slightly higher intensity, but their recovery rates are a lot greater as well because everyone's ability to recover is going to be different from individual to individual. But let's not uh, forget that even though athletes say, well, we're going a lot slower, um, for every extra hour you're out there, I would suggest that it requires an extra day of recovery as a result of that. So we just have to be very mindful of the fact that we can't copy the pros. I think uh, most age group athletes need to look at themselves as individuals. Um, there's a lot of uh, mood is a great indicator of uh, how recovered you are, your sleep patterns, um, you know, your brain function, all of these things that are not necessarily associated directly with muscular soreness. But ask the people around you to say, you know, am I, am I operating as you would expect me to? And if you're a little bit slow or sluggish or grumpy, then you certainly still need more recovery. And talking about recovery for somebody, you're saying they go back too soon. I mean, the, yep. most 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 athletes, age group athletes, I'm talking here. You know, they've got to go back, reintroduce themselves to their their family, then friends, and their workmates, and I don't know the lawnmower yep. or anything else, <laughs> yep. and, and trying to get some of that d domestic bliss going again. <laughs> it's quite easy as well to do it at the other end, and that is to to lose those gains that you've made. It is and it isn't really. Uh, what you've got to remember is generally an Ironman is your peak performance for the year. Uh, and fitness is not a linear progression. Um, you have to, you can't just expect the body to keep gr uh, improving and improving and improving. In any particular training cycle or any well-thought-out program, there's a period of stress and then there's a period of adaptation. Um, in a race, uh, there's a, there's, we're building up to a race and then we need a period of recovery. We can't just expect the body to continue to grow without time and space for it to absorb the training and recover from the training. And that's the same thing for a race. Uh, as much as we we feel that we're losing fitness and all that gr uh, hard-earned fitness that we got going into the event, um, that will come back to us again, but we have to treat the body carefully. We have to have times of rejuvenation and relaxation for us to be able to then train hard again. So yeah, one of the things is the fear of losing fitness, but one of the mantras I use is that you can lose a bit to gain a bit more in the future. Yeah. Now we hear lots, Bevan, about fluid intake, nutrition, your sleep, light exercise, ice cold baths. What do you believe are the fundamentals of recovery and what does a, a typical recovery routine look like after an endurance event? 
Well, you just can't go past the basics. Uh, we can be sold on all the latest gadgets and recovery modalities, and there'll be a trend out there at the moment that everyone's trying to follow. But in fact, the human body will probably recover the best if you give it the things that are just innate to life as a human. And so that's sleep and downtime, uh, you know, good quality sleep as well and quantity helps the brain recover as much as the musculoskeletal system. And then nutrition and hydration. Um, you know, your carbohydrate stores have been depleted, so you need to get a bit of carbs back in there so you can function properly. But, you know, what's so vitally important is your protein intake. Most of that muscular damage needs to be repaired, and that comes from our pro good quality protein sources. And then our hydration status is probably going to be affected as well. So certainly, you know, uh, fluid intake, uh, your protein and carbohydrate intake on top of great quality sleep and, and relaxation, like mental downtime. And then you can consider some of the more niche modalities there. Um, if there's a lot of inflammation floating around, maybe some cold water therapy. Uh, I would even say active recovery is, is, is not necessarily high on the list, but certainly once after that you know, two to three days post-race, you start to do some active movement, gentle movement, not necessarily training. You can then think of a massage and, you know, after that you're thinking your recovery boots um, and a few other bits and pieces that are out there that are highly saleable products as such, but possibly not as important as the basics. So what role does nutrition play in the recovery process, Bev? And we know protein is a critical component to that. What's your approach to integrating proteins such as red meat? Oh, absolutely. Like go for your, your whole unprocessed, uh, you know, good quality protein sources. Uh, you know, something like the Ansco products, absolutely perfect for that. You definitely want to make sure that you've got, uh, you know, just good whole unprocessed meals out there. Um, and, you know, keep it simple. Uh, shop around the outskirts of the supermarket so that you're getting your good uh, whole grains and vegetables and fruits and, you know, as I say, your proteins. And you don't have to go much more complex than that. You know, recovery shakes for sure because they're immediate and they're available to people, you know, almost immediately after the event. So the, the sooner that you can start that nutritional recovery, the better. Um, but as I say, I'm, I'm very much an advocate of keeping it simple. No, that makes a lot of sense. The other thing that makes me wonder is is age. So, you know, somebody who's a, I always think to myself, you know, as we as we start aging a wee bit, Bevan. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cam, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, 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 you know, you see someone that might be 25 and you think to yourself back when you're 25, if, uh, I can't remember that far back, but when you think back to when you're 25, you could recover from anything quite quickly. Your body would adapt so fast and you seem to be able to naturally get away with it as opposed to yep. somebody in their 50s, 60s or beyond. Yeah, I think that's just coming down to the fact that our physical capacity is diminishing a little bit as we get older, uh, but it doesn't mean that we need to take a different nutritional approach to the recovery processes. I think what we have to understand is, uh, yeah, we bounce back a bit quicker. We seem to have a little bit more energy. Um, we're, you know, the, the vitality of youth is there, but it doesn't mean that we need to, uh, we can avoid the simple recovery strategies that I've just mentioned. I think they're applicable across any generation. And what about recovery routines for different types of events or distances? I mean, if you look at Ironman versus 70.3, maybe versus a sprint try versus, you know, a, a multi-day endurance event or whatever it is, there, there's got to be, you've got to have to adjust that recovery routine. 
Yeah, only in terms of how long, in terms of the days post-event, really. But I don't think the nutrition recovery component of it or how you're actually going to cautiously treat your body uh, differs at all. I think all those modalities that I actually mentioned are mm. still relevant. Um, you know, for the shorter events, generally the intensity is higher. So that comes with a, a, an extra stress. But for the longer events, the intensity is a bit lower, but the duration is the extra stress. Uh, so I think what it only comes down to is how long you're going to factor in the time frames for recovery post-event. But I still maintain that the, the basics of sleep, hydration and good nutrition is, is vitally important. And I think that's really important what you're saying is, is you know, we're all different. We're all wired differently. We all got be- different mental capacity yeah. and different physical capacity. So yeah. getting those basics right is just so important as you've been talking about. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we are so different. I mean, everyone should just uh, stick to the basics for sure because that's the tried and tested. Uh, but all of us will have different rates of recovery. Uh, all of us will have different capacities to work. Uh, that's what makes individuals and athletes so unique when you're coaching them. You have to work out what works for each and every one. There's no one size fits all. But what I would say from a recovery perspective is the one size that fits all is the nutrition and the hydration post-event or post-workout. And that nutrition and uh, like you're saying, nutrition and hydration, they they are so uber important because you do put yourself into a lot of deficit during these races, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, We probably, you you and I have been around this sport long enough to know that uh, the majority of the community normalise an Ironman. You know, uh, to us, it's actually not that big a deal. But to those people who haven't participated in the sport, it is a huge deal. And to those who are involved in the sport, I, I constantly remind them that it's a huge deal. We've, we've tried to make the fact that some athletes can go out there and be out there for, like you say, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours. And when anyone from the general public hears about that endeavour, they're absolutely blown away by it. And it's a significant stress on the body. It is such a, a big toll, uh, which is why I say respect what you've done, um, be very proud of what you've achieved, but then treat the body uh, as it should be post-event and don't rush to get back into anything because uh, we don't normalise, don't, don't downplay what you've just done. It's a huge toll on the body, so you need to um, afford it huge respect on the other side of it so that you recover from it. So with your, your athletes or athletes you've, you've seen, if, if you get through those, you know, you give them a few days off and they want to maintain, you know, that active recovery, what's the balance between the active recovery along with rest and relaxation? I mean, I don't know what their recovery may be, but they go for a, a gentle jog or spin your legs on, on your trainer or go down to the pool, but they might get through yep. a warm-up and go, you know what, I'm, I'm just not feeling this. What's your oh. approach on that? Absolutely. I think that's a great way. Uh, I would generally deter them from doing any of the swim, bike, run. Uh, Outside of swimming, maybe because of the low impact nature of it, but certainly not running. Uh, We just don't have the volumes of training in our legs to do what we would call a a recovery run as such. I think running per se for, for the vast majority of us is still stressful. And so we're not looking for anything that is stressful in the recovery phase. So a workout as such that has any intensity in it, stay well clear of that. Uh, The barometer is if you are going to choose something like cycling or swimming, uh, within the first five to 10 minutes, if you feel rubbish, uh, then can it. Go find something else to do. Go for a gentle walk. Um, 
reconnect with the people around you that have supported you to this event. I think that's really, really important. I think it's uh, it's vitally important to pay back um, because you've probably had to sacrifice a lot and the people around you have had to sacrifice a lot for you to get to one of these events. Uh, so the, it's, it's, it's don't rush take things slowly and when we talk gentle exercise don't think of it being moving your fitness forward or holding on to what you're fearing of losing i think it's just just gentle movement in nature i think it's great to get outdoors get some sunlight uh get some fresh air and you know uh decompress as such so uh as you mentioned before i think it's it's important if you do want to start to test whether your body's ready to train again then give yourself at like a five to ten minute window at the beginning of the session because i know a lot of athletes when i've worked with them they tell me they're ready to go um, and i always see like almost a second slump after an ironman mm. certainly the first two to three days everyone's feeling quite tired and moving slowly but then i say sometimes see between seven to ten days almost like a second slump that occurs um so yeah I, th I think if you're feeling bad within your first few workouts back then choose to make it very easy or choose another mode of exercise and just wait till your body gives you the signs that you're ready to go again and it's interesting you mentioned that because that, that mental and emotional recovery i mean after an ironman you feel like you've got the brain fog for a long yeah. time afterwards and so balancing that or that approach yep. to mental and emotional recovery is tough, isn't it, for for oh. age group athletes or anybody in in, in that in that in that sphere? Oh, let me tell you, um, I am not to uh, you know pull comparisons from when I was an athlete, but I remember uh, going to Kona and I won the my age group in Kona, and I was an asshole after that uh, <laughs> event for. Uh, you're probably nearly two weeks. Um, and I remember the first time I went to Kona years and years prior to that, uh, I was horrific uh, to be around for a couple of weeks. And, you know, this, if, say, for example, having great success at a race like Kona and still being in a bad mood shows you <laughs> how tough that uh, event is and any Ironman is. So, yeah, certainly recharging emotionally, um, taking time to allow your mood to come back into line as well. That's a great barometer. A, a good a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Matt Brick, uh, yes. world duathlon champion out of New Zealand, he said, if you, if you meet um, more than three assholes in a day, uh, then it's probably you more than it is them. Uh, and that's a great barometer to tell, uh, to ask yourself, how recovered am I, am, am I emotionally? Because that's a good sign that your body's playing catch up. So if you've got somebody that is playing catch up and they're at you going, Bevan, I'm ready. Come on, let me out. I want to get on the pitch. I want to get back into this. I want to enter this event. And, you know, people can be over eager. How do you determine when they are ready to go again? Well, what I like to do is use a, a mix of data. As much as we get the sort of subject of feedback from uh, the athlete, we also want to mix it in with some of the technology that's available to us now. So one of the things I use is resting heart rate and heart rate variability, which is a measure of the state of the autonomic nervous system. Are we still in fight or flight or are we in a more rest and digest mode? And if we can take the athlete's feedback, because sometimes they're um, not as good at being uh, honest with themselves, they're always racing to get back into work, they you know, 
very rarely tell you they're tired. They don't tell you when they've got a niggle. You know, they're, they're always um, wanting to get back earlier than the coaches. But I think if you can use some of that honest communication with the athlete along with some of the data that I've mentioned, resting heart rate in the morning, heart rate variability to see whether they're actually rested and in a relaxed state, that will help go a long way for you to make a really good decision as to when they're ready to go again. It's interesting too, Bevan, uh, you know, Meredith Kessler, who we both know well, multiple-time yep. winner at Ironman New Zealand. She was just out here recently at Nutrigrain Ironman New Zealand. And she had told me once, and I think she's done like, I'm going to say 75, 75 yeah. Ironman, something like yeah. that now. Uh, knows herself incredibly well, mum to two kids now. But she says that she always does what she calls a web session. And web okay. stands for why even bother. And, and, <laughs> and it's basically her warm-up. And she always, always does the warm-up. And then after yep. that, she goes, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. Or, or you know what, I've actually come good through my warm-up and away she goes. And being able to have that, that uh, be wired for that self-preservation takes, takes you a long way as an individual athlete, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, it takes a few years to get to that point as well. And that's where good coaches come into play as well. They help educate the athlete that, you know, um, we don't have to be perfect every single day. The body oscillates through uh, being ready, um, being less ready, being ready, being less ready. It's hard to predict at times. We go, we do a lot to try to predict that, but at times we have other external factors as amateur athletes. We've got relationships, we've got family, we've got work pressures, we've got social lives, we've got a whole host of other things that we can't measure with our garments on our wrists or any other of the devices that we have to, to measure what we're doing in training. So it's hard to to predict, but um, with good communication between yourself and honest communication with your coach, you should be able to get to a point where you actually realise sometimes you'll get fitter by not training. Mm. And that's the key here. We get most of our adaptation occurs in the time between workouts. So when we get, uh, when we understand that, we can actually become more confident with applying recovery, knowing that it's only the time when our body is growing stronger. So recovery is when we get better, uh, training is when we stress ourselves, and when an athlete appreciates that and understands that, then they become more relaxed about taking time off from training in order to have that adaptation occur. Now, March 2024 will be here in a hot minute, Bevan. Let's be honest, and Ironman New Zealand yep. will be on our, on our doorstep very quickly. So what would a competitor need to start doing or thinking about as they prepare for that race? I think the key thing is getting uh, buy-in from uh, friends and family because it's an incredibly... Uh, you know, selfish pursuit at time that does need more than, uh, you know, it takes a village uh, to get people there. So I think firstly, they have to really look at what it's going to take and when their peak training weeks are going to actually occur and really uh, alert everyone around them as to when that's going to be because they're not going to be normal people through that phase. Uh, there's a heavy fatigue associated with training for an Ironman and as much as the athlete thinks they're, they're fine during that, it's more the people on the outside that can tell them whether they're fine or not. So I really do think that being able to uh, block out the periods of the year when they feel um, them or their coaches can help them understand when they're going to be most at need of support from their close loved ones and people that are associated with this uh, build up to New Zealand Ironman. And then start early. Uh, don't leave it till the last minute. Uh, uh, progressive overload's really important in order to avoid illness and injury. So you're right. I mean, it might be that we've only just 
had New Zealand Ironman and the next one is is relatively far away, but it's going to come around quickly. Mm. But now is the time that you should be thinking about what you're going to do in terms of your preparation so that week on week you can just gradually increase the training load so that it doesn't come all as one shock later in the year. And and lastly, I would encourage people to uh, find one of the really great coaches that are available around New Zealand to give them some structure and some guidance and to be a sounding board for their build up to March 2024. That's awesome, Bevan. Thank you very much. Now, finally, we always end this uh, these episodes with a, with a sprint finish, and I know you're a fan of those. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few questions, and you have to answer the first thing that comes to mind. Is, is that all good with you? Yeah, no problems. Okay. So, number one, are you a morning person or a night person? Absolute morning person. What's your favourite hobby that's not sport? Uh, listening to music. Is nutrition an art or a science? It's a bit of both, really, uh, but I would suspect that the uh, majority of age group athletes could understand the science more in order to avoid illness and injury. So I'm going to say it, it, apply nutrition science, and I think you're going to have a better long-term um, outcome from your training. So you're off to a barbecue. What meat do you take? Oh, it's, a, it's a tomahawk steak. Yeah. That's good, eh? <laughs> I love it. And, and with that tomahawk steak, how do you have it? Well done, medium or rare? Uh, medium rare every time. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, can you? No, no. Oh, I love I'm it. hungry now. Yes. I'm hungry now, Cam. <laughs> That's the issue. I actually I had a steak. I had a steak sandwich for breakfast Did because you? we had steak. Yes, from la- uh, from a barbecue the night before. I had a steak sandwich for breakfast. So there you go. I got to say, I'm not lying. I got to say, a steak sammy for breakfast after the barbecue the night before is one of my favourite things of all time. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Can't can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Well, Bevan, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. No problems, mate. We have made it to the finish line of the final podcast in our series of Nutrition Mission with Ansco Foods, Season 1, Beef, Lamb and Iron Man. Thank you, Bevan, for joining us and thank you for tuning in to Nutrition Mission with Ansco Foods. If you enjoyed our podcast and want to find out more, head to anscofoods.com forward slash Ironman for more insights and news. Subscribe to our Nutrition Mission with Ansco Foods podcast and keep an ear out for the next series in the pipeline.